The Philadelphia Flyers have reached NHL 500, but what will they do with the trade deadline? Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning are preparing for the playoffs. What additions will they make in the coming month? And the Seattle Kraken are first place right now in the Pacific Division, but are they ready to go all in? All that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. It is my pleasure to welcome in uh, my usual Friday co-host, the host of Locked On Flyers, Rachel Donner. And Rachel, uh, we're past the all-star break now. I I think some people are surprised the Flyers are at NHL 500 at this point in the season. First, let me ask you this. Uh, John Tortorello, how would you grade him at this point up until the season? Yeah, it's an interesting question because... I think that he was hired to coach a slightly different team than what he got, right? With uh, Sean Couturier being out for the season, obviously, you know, Ryan Ellis, he could never play again. And I think that, you know, and Cam Atkinson is out, right? The one guy who had a, he had a strong relationship with from his time in Columbus is, has been out the entire season. And so, you know, when he was hired, the expectation is probably like, yeah, he'll get him a few more wins, but, you know, uh, maybe that's not the right move. But considering everything, you know, in terms of they were doing a real retool and not a rebuild, like it, it sort of made sense if you're management and that's your strategy. Like hiring Ta- John Tortorella was a good decision. Now, g- given all of those injuries that I just mentioned, it's been a very different team. And the Flyers just on paper are are nowhere near as good as they would have expected to be with those guys in. I think that he's done a pretty good job. I think there was you know s- some weeks there that were pretty dire, and it just took time. And and to, that's to be expected. It took time for a lot of the guys to buy in. I think. Uh, Travis Konechny in particular, who's the team's leading scorer now, uh, sitting at 49 points. He has bought into this system in a way that I don't think many people would have expected. And, you know, not only is is Konechny, you know, shining, I think, as a bright spot on this team, but he's getting penalty kill time. And and that's the big thing that Torts has done is really implement this power kill system with Brad Shaw that they brought from Columbus. And that's been another bright spot in terms of the Tortorella administration, so to speak. I mean, they have the most shorthanded goals in the NHL. Yeah. And, and, and it seems like this team works very hard. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think that Tortorella would say they could probably work harder on the forecheck because that seems to be a common refrain from him post game. But I, I do think that, 
you know, if you compare what they look like this year versus last season, last season, you could just tell when they'd given up on a game, right? This year, I, I don't think maybe once they've they've given up on a game all season long. And, you know, sometimes they'll pull the goalie and it seems like a dumb move at the time, but they're really just trying to, you know, double down on that. We're the team that tries hard, right? And we're going to put everything out there every game. So, you know, the Flyers, we, we mentioned they're at NHL 500. They're about six, seven points out of a playoff spot, but there's a lot of teams log jammed there. What do you expect this team to do at the trade deadline? Well, I think in some ways it's good news that it's a whole month until the trade deadline uh, because I think we'll see more of a settling in uh, post-All-Star break with those teams. Uh, obviously, your Islanders made a huge move. Uh, and I see you know, teams like the Pens and the Caps kicking it into gear, right? That's what they do best is, is peak at the right time. And so... My gut says that those are the three teams that are fighting for playoff positioning and that it'll give the Flyers time to really, you know, settle into who they want to sell at trade deadline. And that'll kind of counterbalance the good things that Torts has been doing to make this team play harder. Right. If you lose assets like JVR, um, you know, I've heard talk of Kevin Hayes. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, who is having a resurgent year, by the way. Uh, defensively, his play has been really much improved over this past season, and he's starting to kick in offensively as well. So he could be a good pickup at the trade deadline as well for any team. And so I think that's really what it's ultimately going to come to, is that we're going to sit for another two to three weeks, and then maybe a week before trade deadline, that's when the Flyers are going to start selling. And what do you think they're going to be looking for in return? Well, I think JVR is the biggest asset and they're going to retain salary. That's for sure. And I would see, you know, getting a second round pick and a prospect in return it is really what I'm looking for. The Flyers have traded away their second round picks to the point where they didn't have one for three drafts in a row. And second rounders can hit. You know, it, it's a big uh, difference between a second and a third round pick in, in the NHL draft. And so I, I think that's something that the Flyers should be looking to get, especially for this upcoming draft, which is so deep uh, to have a second, you know, a mid second rounder uh, is an invaluable asset right now. And so I think that's, you know, the primary deal. If anybody else comes up, uh, I, I, you know, I think with Risto, I would like to see a second rounder as well. For him, I think that's entirely possible given how he's played defensively this season so far. And, you know, especially if you're looking for somebody to round out your decor heading into the playoffs, I think he's a great option, to be honest. Yeah, he could definitely help a lot of teams, uh, especially short term. Uh, as far as the next five games, you have a five game homestand starting tonight against the New York Islanders. Do you think the Flyers' approach would change if they go, let's say, 4-0-1 in those five games? Well, I don't think John Tortorella's approach is going to change no matter what's happening. And I don't think the players' approach is going to change no matter what's happening. And so 
I think that if they keep winning, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I still think there's one or two deals they can make at trade deadline and it's not going to make a huge difference to the Flyers remainder of the season, but it could to some other teams and the Flyers could pick up some more assets. But, you know, maybe they're looking to deal fewer players if that's the case. But I, I still don't think ultimately they should be considering themselves in in the playoff hunt at this point, given how everybody else around them is playing. Makes sense. Rachel, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Sure thing. You can uh, listen and subscribe to Locked On Flyers every day, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we're over on YouTube. We are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter and Instagram as well. So, uh, check us out over there, and I am at our Miriam, and I'm here every Friday with you, Gil, of course. I'm Absolutely. I'm always looking forward to that. Rachel Donner, thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I am not a big pill taker, and I wanted to get one supplement that would be able to fill all of my nutritional needs. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Lightning, Adam Danker. Adam, it's been a while. I uh, wanted to ask you first a little bit about the, I guess, the defense of, of the Lightning this year not quite being as elite as it has been in recent years. What what is the reason for that in your mind? Well, the, the, the reason for that is it's it's two things. It's the the loss of of Ryan McDonough. I mean, we all know how much of an anchor he was on the back end for the Lightning for so many years. The Lightning, unfortunately, had to part ways with him in the offseason because of salary constrictions, trading him away to Nashville. And the other side of that, too, is Gil, is that Victor Hedman, that's been the talk all season, uh, had an upper body, lower, lower, lower body. Doesn't doesn't matter what kind of part of the body you think the injury is, because you know I I believe he sustained an injury to his leg that game, and then they said it was actually an upper body. So you know one one could even can debate what part of his body is even ailing him at this point. But really, he hasn't looked like himself this year. A lot of the plays that we see Victor Hedman make, especially on those back-end chase downs on the breakaway, he just hasn't been getting to his spots in, in a timely manner in a way where the the other defensemen on the ice with him or just the other personnel on the ice could kind of put their heads down and 
say to themselves, well, Hetty's got this one, so we don't have to worry back. Well, this year it's a little bit of a different story. I will say, though, that the shining spot uh, in, in this year's defensive core has been Nick Pervix. He's really done a phenomenal job in his brief stint. A lot of people thought Pervix was just going to be a fill-in as Zach Bogosian was coming back from surgery to start the season. Well, Nick Pervix has really fought his way and solidified his spot on the first line with Victor Hedman. So alongside with him, as well as, you know, Eric Chernak, you know, it, it's not exactly your ideal situation in terms of how this defensive core is playing, but, you know, you also have to look at the shining spots here and there uh, as the Lightning continue to, to try and find their way uh, in, I, I guess, this very strange offseason that, uh, I, and I say offseason because the Lightning aren't as uh, solid on the defensive end, but yeah, uh, still trying to find their way and uh, trying to get into that defensive, you know, groove as the playoffs near. Yeah, I mean that being said, they're still top ten in the league in goals again. So if this is bad, where are we really going? But you know, right now the the bolts are a few points behind the Lightning, but they have some games in hand. How important would it be to get second place in this division? if you're going to face Toronto in the opening round of the playoffs? I mean, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Gil, we all know home home ice doesn't really matter in, in this day and age in, in the NHL. Um, you know, all, all we're, all we're doing right now is preparing for, for Toronto, you know, whether or not we get the games to begin enough to, to begin the series or not, it really doesn't, matter to me i don't think it really matters to anybody in the lightning fan base or on this team obviously you want to finish the season out on a high note so that's really what we're looking at right now uh john cooper is just gonna play uh he's gonna play his team regularly if every game was the last game of the season and it was a playoff game so he's just working on trying to get this team ready for the playoffs trying to Stretch out Vasilevsky, but at the same time, not wear him out, kind of like what we saw at the, the end of last season. So, you know, is home ice, is second place a big deal? At the end of the year, yeah, it's something you could hang your hat on, but it's not really something anybody's worried about. I mean, once you get in, you get in, and and then that's when you worry about those games. You don't worry about it now. So, yeah, I mean, second place would be great. I would love to get second place after chasing down uh the Leafs all year but at the same time I mean at the end of the at the end of the day it doesn't really matter to me so you're talking about preparing for the playoffs preparing probably for Toronto as your opponent what is this team going to look to add at the trade deadline which is now about a month away well really the Lightning are going to look to add the same piece as we always see them add at the deadline and that's grit sandpaper someone that could do a little bit of everything now, Gil, we all know about, you know, some of the names that have been floating around. And and uh, ideally, if the salary cap wasn't a thing, and I'm sure everybody starts their their free or their, their trade deadline wish list conversation the same way, uh, you would love to get Patrick Kane or you would love to have gotten Bo Harvett, who, who by the way, congratulations on, on your guys getting him. Uh, you know, there's some of the other names out there you would love to get. Like I was saying to you before, Vladimir Tarasenko would fit in perfectly on this third line here uh, in Tampa Bay. But you're you're looking though with the salary cap constrictions and and just the lack of assets, you're kind of looking a little lower, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, oftentimes we see 
uh, lower end assets or mid-level assets that the Lightning bring in often shine right away. Case in point, Nick Paul last year. I don't think a lot of people knew who Nick Paul was uh, heading into the trade deadline. So, you know, that's the one aspect you got to look at it is that, you know, if you don't know him and he's setting the world on fire, then you're going to know that the the Lightning front office knocked it out of the park. So we're looking at kind of some names. Uh, Ivan Barbashev from, from St. Louis. Uh, that's a good name and and a little bit possibly of a reunion in the works uh, with with possibly Luke Shen from Vancouver coming back home uh, for a reunion with the Lightning. And what do you think that I mean, Tampa Bay has a history of bringing in the right guy at the deadline and getting healthy at the deadline in order to to really play their best in the playoffs. What do you think is left in the system to give up at this point? <laughs> That's a good question, Gil. I mean, that's a question I've been asking myself over the couple last couple of weeks as I've I've spoken about what can the Lightning technically give up to where a it's not going to cost them a whole ton, and, and b you know it's not going to set them back. I mean, it's no secret that the Lightning have not really exactly had lucrative looking draft picks uh, over the last couple of years, whether it be selections or even where they're placed in the draft. So. You know, and, and I'm sure that's something a team, uh, whoever is conversing with them about negotiating players, is is thinking about. You know, are we going to give up this guy? Yeah. Do we have any, really, any intention of bringing this guy back, or whatever the case or the situation that might be revolving around that player? But at the same time, do we want to get a 32 second overall pick back? Do we want to get a 31st overall pick back? Now they don't have to worry about that because the Lightning don't have a first overall pick until. 2025 so we have we have time for that but i mean that's really what the lightning have to ask themselves how sexy does any of our assets look at this point in time and really they don't have a whole lot i mean they have some forwards in the in the minors up in syracuse that you know are going to be very solid third line forwards in the future as they continue continue to develop but no one really noteworthy as well as alongside like i said lackluster looking draft pick uh, selections so you know, really, it's up to Julian Breeze Boss, the Lightning GM, to really have to get creative uh, with with his negotiation tactics. And hopefully, you know, a team will be able and want to buy in uh, to that deal or any prospective deal. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on it. I know you will on your show. Why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the show and where they could find you on social media? You can find the show on social media at LO underscore lightning on Instagram, locked on underscore lightning on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K. Uh, comment on any of our videos. Let me know or ask a question. You know, who do you who do you want the lightning to go after? Who do I think the lightning should go after? Ideally, Patrick Kane. If if the Blackhawks could somehow retain all his salary, that'd be perfect. But you know, one could wish, right? <laughs> Adam, always a pleasure. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me on. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, one word. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We have got a lot to discuss. It's Seattle Kraken time, and that means we bring in Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken. Erica, little weird situation with Seattle, the only team that did not have a player at the All-Star game. What happened, and why couldn't they substitute another player when somebody was unavailable? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thanks a lot, Vancouver. Uh, they took out Maddie Beneers, one of our games against Vancouver, our only win ever as a franchise. But Vancouver plays a, a tough and tumble game, and uh, the Seattle Kraken, we are a blue-car team. Uh, you know, we have some players that will mix it up. But uh, generally speaking, we're not teams. They, they can bully. Maddie Beneers gets a lot of that. So can you? Tell Gil I have a few thoughts and feel that, but to answer the second part of that question, um, we're not exactly sure why Seattle didn't send um, alternative player. That said, there were a lot of posts on social media. It seems like a lot of plans already finalized, including, of course, Jared McCann, who's our leading, uh, one of our, our leading scorers, goal scorer, had some plans to propose to his now fiance. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where Maddie Beneers goes down just two games. Uh, he missed two games, I should say, before All-Star. And, and uh, they went with someone from Vegas over someone from Seattle to replace him. Yeah, a little, little surprising there. But uh, what the mascot was the representative for the Kraken officially at the All-Star game. That's right. Bowie was in attendance. I am here in Florida right now still and was able to head over for some of the festivities and see Bowie engaging with the South Florida crowd, regardless of who they cheer for. And uh, Bowie definitely held it down for Seattle, especially in the uh, mascot game on Saturday after skills competition. Uh, but yeah, it was Bowie. Allison Lucan was here technically with her podcast, but also some administrators from the Seattle Kraken. So still lots of representation and Maddie Veneers, there were some, uh, you know, promo ads with him, a big puck with, uh, you know, his, his uh, trading card on it. It was bittersweet for sure, but hopefully next year. Right now, as we speak, the Seattle Kraken are in first place in the Pacific division but three points separate the top four teams right now. How do you think management is viewing this year? How important is it for them to win this year, to make the playoffs this year? How are they viewing the situation right now? Yeah, if I had to guess, so when I started Locked on Kraken, I was saying that I think it's really a three to five year plan for Ron Francis and company and that they want to be closer to that three year than five-year growth model. And so I think we're actually coming in a little bit early on that. Now, the big question, of course, is whether the Seattle Kraken have enough to be able to 
just maintain the consistency, really hold on to that one of those top spots in the Pacific Division to therefore make their way to the playoffs. And then, of course, win when they get to the playoffs. And as every other team deals with, we have some injuries. The injury bug has hit us. I mentioned Matty Benier is at the top of our conversation. But uh, we haven't seen Giannis Donskoy all season. We haven't seen Chris Drieger all season. So I think we want to find a balance of aiming for what we can do this year to really be successful down the stretch and in the playoffs, while also not breaking the bank for something that we think might help us this year, but won't fit into that three to five year plan. The good news, as far as I'm concerned, is I think the immediate now things that we can do and maybe the intermediate next steps for me are the same. And anyone who's listened to me on any of our Locked On shows know that I'm always talking about defense. I think there are still some question marks when it comes to goaltending, but again, a lot of that has to do with the injury bug with regarding the Seattle Kraken, what's going to happen with Martin Jones, but we need some solid defenders. I would love to see us have a defender that's really good at moving the puck and playing more of that positionless kind of game or like Rover style defenseman that we see in the NHL. Anybody in particular you think would be a good fit and available? Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, first and foremost, people are kind of looking at Carson Susie if that's someone that we would move. Um, you know, I think he's definitely been someone that has been frustrating, especially with the penalties that he takes but um you know I don't I don't know if we're necessarily looking at that you also you know we have uh, Eric Carlson has been someone that has mentioned a bunch of times for Seattle um you know it, it's hard for me to say um what we're eyeing you can think also maybe of some names that we heard um in the off season, but it's all going to, it's all about the price tag, the Seattle Kraken. We still have a decent amount of picks that we can utilize and be contenders when it comes to the trade deadline and certainly in the off season. But I don't get a good sense yet of if we're going to, again, try to break the bank right now at the trade deadline or wait till the off season. I'm leaning towards waiting to the off season, maybe really see how everyone gets through this season, our second ever full season. And then, reassess um, from there is kind of what my gut is telling me. Is part of that because of the depth available at this 2023 NHL draft? Yeah, indeed. We know how important prospects can be. We have Shane Wright in the pipeline, Matty Beneers, again, I've mentioned him, and a lot of other young guys that are doing great in junior hockey, but it's still going to be another year or two before we likely see them either with Coachella Valley or with the Seattle Kraken. But um knowing that we have so many picks in hand and knowing that we are expecting a pretty decent draft. That is again, one of those things, how much do we need now versus how much can we wait and see if we get better deals later? We might also see what we saw last year where just kind of changing smaller contracts here and there, maybe flipping some contracts we think will give us what we, what we want as far as either picks that we can move around and maneuver, or again, just getting a taste for, for a different, feel in a different type of hockey player going to be interesting to see how management handles this situation one last question i have for you do you think this team is good enough the way they are situated right now to make the playoffs and, and be competitive if they get there i think we're good enough to make the playoffs for sure we're coming in 
earlier than I personally had scheduled, but the Seattle Kraken have, have played really well. I think the injury bug is a little bit concerning, but again, that's nothing that, you know, other hockey teams are dealing with as well. I should say that's nothing new to the sport and something that Seattle is going to have to, to work with. So I think we're good enough to make the playoffs. I think I still have some questions on if we're good enough to advance in, uh, you know, around one round two. And a lot of that is just little things, discipline things, this team realizing that this isn't them catching lightning in a bottle. This is them playing to their systems, being consistent and uh, really executing the game plan. And when we do that, we're a good team. We're a good enough team. And I'm still looking for, again, more likely in the offseason for us to do some things just like we did last year that make us even better and take us a step above. All right, Erica, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Well, thanks as always for having me, Gil. Well, first and foremost, I'll be back with you on Friday for our Women's Hockey Spotlight. So I'm excited for that. You can also catch me as the host of Locked on Kraken. The Seattle Kraken will be back in action actually against the Devils and I will be in New Jersey. So planning to have some on-site coverage for that. And then of course you can follow me personally at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-08 on most social media platforms. Well, Erica, always looking forward to our every other week uh, Friday sessions. And of course, Tuesday, it'll be Seattle and the New York Islanders. So looking forward to that as well. Erica, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Gil. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On NHL. I want to thank my guests, Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers, Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning, and Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken. We will be back every day this week, Monday through Friday, to give you the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday, and I co-host the Friday show with Rachel Donner. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Have a great day, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.